Hey, well, God bless you. This is Elias Flores, and welcome to Prophetic Whispers, as we will continue our discussion on the politics or the uh, the politics, actually, of Jesus. Was Jesus a politician? Is Christianity political? And um, again, I know the history of our of our uh, Christian uh, church systems is the fact that we try to stay away from politics, and you know the old attache from family to family and organizations um, alike. You don't, there are things that you don't discuss. Number one is religion, and the other thing you don't discuss is is politics. However, how intertwined is politics and religion? And uh, we're going to take a good look at that. And again, what greater what greater uh, perspective than a current one? What greater what greater time than now? Okay, there's a war going on between our government here in California, Governor Newsom. Um, He put strict edicts down that were constitutionally um, unfounded. You know, the Constitution is the law of the land. And um, he put some restrictions on the church. For instance, no no preaching, no singing, no, um, no chanting. All these crazy edicts he put in place. Uh, in the name of safety. However, we finally had MacArthur stand up and uh, last week, as you know, he was granted the okay to go ahead and do it. Um, and then uh, on Saturday, that was last Friday, this Saturday, he was, um, he was uh, let, uh, he, he was um, informed that uh, that was overruled by another court. Uh, another judge overruled it and said, you cannot do that. Uh, you will be placed under contempt. And John uh, Pastor John MacArthur said that he he will be open on Sunday regardless of what they say. And again, knowing knowing the Word of God like he does, and again, his, his stance is, I'm going to give to God what belongs to God. I'm going to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But I will not give Caesar what belongs to God. And that's his premise. That's his, that's his biblical theological stance. And um, we found out uh, yesterday that Pastor John MacArthur, okay, a religious freedom upheld in Los Angeles County Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court here in Los Angeles County has agreed that there is nothing there. Listen to the listen to the verdict as I read it to you. Um, here it says uh, Ellis responded to the, fe- the the judicial findings. We are pleased with the outcome today. Judge uh, Mitchell Beckloff correctly found that there is no court order prohibiting. Grace Community Church from holding indoor services. Alley County continues to harass and target Pastor MacArthur. Having failed to get a court order to shut down the church, they have sought three times. They're going to try to they're going to try again by hauling us back into court. Ironically, Alley County said uh, in its application for the con- for the contempt that Grace Church cannot thumb its nose at the court when decisions don't go its way. Yet that's precisely precisely what the L.A. County is now doing themselves. We simply continue to defend our clients' constitutional protection rights because church is essential, okay? So basically what they're saying is the the government has no grounds to mess with the process and the liturgical uh, process of the church. How we worship, when we worship, what shut us down? No, the church is essential. So he stood on a major truth. I'm going to give to God what belongs to God. I'm going to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And he won. Okay. So again, what else 
are they telling us that's not true constitutionally? What else are we just following like sheep instead of instead of Christians? Okay, listen, we need to wake up because our freedoms are being taken slowly but surely. Thank God we have Pastor Cheon um, on, on from uh, HROC that is now on a federal case against the state of California or Newsom regarding the same things, his overreach within the church. Enough is enough. There, there needs to come ahead to all these things. And I know many people, as they got into prophetic whispers, as a preacher, as a preacher, um, some of you are waiting for this to get a little more spiritual in, in the sense of, you know, um, I want revelation and insight. Listen, there's no such, there's no, you cannot exercise revelation and insight if we don't have freedom. If we don't have freedom, we don't understand the liberties that come um, from the, our constitutional rights to free speech, our constitutional rights to declare the kingdom of God and to gather, you know. And so these are the principles. Again, the church forgets about all that. We just think all this is free. It's not free. It costs, it costs people their lives for us to be able to do what we're doing. And that's what the Constitution is so beautiful. It protects us. Okay? It protects us from these type of overreaches. And thank God the Supreme Court here in Los Angeles has cited the right way. They read the Constitution. They understand that the governor of California and our mayor here in, in Los Angeles has no constitutional rights to shut the church down. Church is essential. Churches should be packed. People should be getting back to their lives. Amen. So that's a, that's the good news. Now, again, some people say, well, well, I, I, I don't want to be involved in, in, in the political process. Well, you know, tag your it. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, you are already tagged into the political process. Okay, that's that's the bottom line. And if you don't understand that, I'm going to play you a clip here. Okay, I'm going to play you a clip here that um, I believe it's 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 a, it's a little little lengthy. Okay, but it's worth hearing because this is our previous president. Okay, back when he was an organizer or a senator, I want to say in 2007, uh, he gives a discussion regarding regarding the Bible, the Word of God. Now, why would he do that? Because he knows the Word of God. The Word of God is influential, and if it becomes influential, and it becomes and it becomes what guides people, then guess what happens? It becomes a political target. Okay, pastors become a political target. That's just the bottom line. Okay, why? Listen to this uh, little clip, and then we'll get into our then we'll get into our our lesson today regarding John the Baptist versus Herod, political or just spiritual. Listen to this clip played. Uh, those who reside in so-called red states and those who reside in blue, but between those who attend church regularly and those who don't. I think we make a mistake when we fail to acknowledge the power of faith in people's lives, in the lives of the American people. I think it's time that we join a serious debate about how to reconcile faith with our modern pluralistic society. And if we're going to do that, then we first need to understand that Americans are religious people. 90% of us believe in God. 70% affiliate themselves with an organized religion. 38%
call themselves committed Christians. Whatever we once were, we are no longer a Christian nation, at least not just. We are also a Jewish nation, a Muslim nation, and a Buddhist nation, and a Hindu nation, and a nation of non-believers. And even if we did have only Christians in our midst, if we expelled every non-Christian from the United States of America, whose Christianity would we teach in the schools? Would it be James Dobson's or Al Sharpton's? Which passages of scripture should guide our public policy? Should we go with uh, Leviticus, which uh, suggests slavery is okay, and that eating uh, shellfish is an abomination? Or we could go uh, with uh, Deuteronomy, which suggests stoning your child if he strays from the faith? Or should we just stick to the Sermon on the Mount, a passage that is so radical that it's doubtful that our own Defense Department would survive its application? Wow. There you go, people. Did you hear that? Not only is Barack Obama a terrible theologian that has horrible hermeneutics, the <laughs> it's almost laughable at, at what he, he used in his targeting of the what I would call the um, the beatitudes as you formerly know them. Okay, which is probably the most famous sermon of Jesus Christ. So again, why is that why is that important? Why are political figures attacking biblical truth or the Bible? Okay, you heard it yourself. Okay, you heard that yourself that we are no longer a Christian nation. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, right? You heard that yourself. We have uh, because we have different religions here. See, but the governing but the governing principles of our country come from Judeo-Christian values, regardless of who lives here. It's assimilating to our freedoms and our rights given to us by God, not by man. And again, this is the fundamental difference. This is how the church is political. What? Look, I just go to church. Why is that? Why does he put me in that bunch? Well, because you you are a Christian. You heard it yourself. Okay, Christianity. Regardless, in nature, it's political because we come from a different kingdom with a different king, and we are a different citizenry, and they know that. That's why they're trying to reach us. That's why they infiltrate the church. That's why they've come in with with the um, the LGBTQ community. I was just looking up um, uh, one of um, some some more videos on on Facebook, on uh, YouTube, where they wanted to tax. Any church that would not hire or was not friendly towards the LGBTQ community, that there would be a tax on the church if they didn't do They were trying to pass that bill also. Why? Because they want assimilation. Listen, the church is not. The church is not inclusive. The church is exclusive. Unless you're born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. Unless, okay, unless. That's an exclusive term, not an inclusive term. Okay, so we must get 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 the story straight, get your theology straight, okay? Because this is important for you and I to 
really start wrapping our minds around. No, I'm not a political figure in the sense that I go out, you know, and I'm pushing a, an elephant or I'm pushing a donkey. No, but I am a political th threat to them because I think different from them. Okay. I think citizen of heaven. I will think and vote my faith. Okay. Sanctity of life, pro, pro-life, not pro-choice. There's th there are things that, you know, uh, citizenry. What does it mean to be a citizen? Okay, not open borders, but, 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 you know, proper immigration. All those things are theological. All those things are part of what makes us a threat to them. Okay, so again, you heard, you heard the past president. That's how they think. Okay, they look at the church as a political foe. Why? Because the church influences people. You heard it. 70% of America believes in God. Okay, and that's a problem for them. So they have to destroy the institution that 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 uh, teaches about God. Whether it be schools, they had to take church out of school, prayer out of schools. They had to start taking Bible studies out of schools. They had to start putting regulations and rules on the gospel. It's it, it's absolutely it's out absolutely in front of us. Okay, so I want to talk to you today about the clashing of politics. I want to, uh, um, which yes. Uh, Jesus played politics, okay? Jesus played their politics and he and he just confounded them because they didn't know that Jesus was the way he was with uh, with the political system. He didn't they didn't understand Jesus, okay? And Jesus just, you know, he just took it to them every single time, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. But I want to talk to you today about the the um, execution of John. Okay, why was John executed? And let me lend this to you. Okay, he was executed because of his political beliefs, how the rules and the laws of the kingdom of God were different than Herod's rules and laws when it came to morality. Okay, now listen to this, Luke chapter 3, 18 and 19, and it reads this way. Okay, and, and with many, and with many, uh, other exhortations he preached to the to the people, but Herod Antipas, okay, that's Herod Antipas, uh, the Tetrarch, being rebuked by him concerning Herodias. Now, who was Herodias? Herodias, Herodias was the wife of his brother Philip. Okay, he he went he he played a little hanky panky with his with his brother's wife. Okay, for all the evils which Herod had done. Also added this above all, that he shut John up in prison. How does he shut John up? How does he silence John? He puts him in prison. This is a tactic, the silencing and the censoring of our generation today. They put you in what we call language prison. You can't say that. You can't call him that. That's not right. That you can't. No, that's mean. That's harmful. That's, oh, you know what? Um, that's not our reality. That's not. Listen, this is the prison that they put us in now. They may not be putting you in a physical jail because our constitution prevents that. However, they are restricting you and putting you in language prison. They're putting us in you and I. They're putting us in thought prison. They're putting us in. They're putting us in this false reality with them. That oh, this is not acceptable anymore. Oh, you can't say that. You can't preach that. Oh, let's not do this. And we fall and pray into a prison, the same one that they put uh, uh, John the Baptist in. Okay, this is a tactic. This has always been a tactic. Okay, so they put him away to silence him. Why? Because John was preaching 
and, and, and letting them know and letting the society know how Herod, um, Herod um, Antipas was, was messing around and he was sinning before God and it was unacceptable. Okay, but what was what was John's message? Okay, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We touched that in the other in the other series. Now listen to Luke chapter nine seven through nine. Now watch this. Now Herod the tetrarch heard of all that was done by him. Okay, and he was perplexed because it was said by some that John John had risen from the dead, and by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the old prophets had risen again. Herod said. John and John, I beheaded, okay? But who is he of whom I hear such things? So he sought to see him. This is important for you to understand. Because now Jesus was, was echoing the message of repentance for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is nigh. The, the kingdom of God is upon you. The kingdom of the God can be entered. The kingdom of God. This was the message of Jesus regarding the kingdom of God. Well, guess what? Herod says, that sounds like John the Baptist. I killed John the Baptist. But what? But what did John the Baptist say? The one that comes after me is preferred. So the preferred one is now here. What I'm trying to let you know is that the message stays the same and it continued to attack and haunt the political system of Herod. Why? Because of the behavior, the policies of heaven. That's the politics. Politics govern behaviors. Behaviors are the result of the shaping culture. Behaviors shape, uh, shape culture. How we do things in the kingdom of God. Herod, you are wrong. The kingdom of God is against you. That he could not take. This is, this is uh, something that we as Christians have to wrap our minds around. That you know, If the world hates us, it's because they hated him first. Why? Because we don't listen to their crazy edicts. The things that they want to take from us. Um, our inability to serve and love and worship God and our own free will. They're coming after all those things. This is the political posture. And because we've been silent, they've taken it from us. That's why you have the minute they said church uh, churches need to shut down. Okay, well, fine. Everybody did it because we didn't understand what was going on. But once we understood that this is a sickness, don't forget, we have divine healing in the church. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Isaiah 53, Matthew 8, 17. Peter, um, first, I believe it's 1 Peter 2.24 or 2 Peter 2.24 all speak of the healing or the divine healing power of God. N not to mention the gospels of healing Okay, throughout the entire Bible. Yet we put all that aside so that we could figure this thing out. Now that we figure this thing out, what, that it's nothing more than a flu. And who does it affect? Those, those that are elderly, those that have underlying conditions. So why is everybody wearing a mask? Why is everybody distancing? We haven't even started thinking because we've been too busy obeying. Churches, it's time for us to preach again, to get on the right side. And understand, because we preach the gospel, we will be an enemy. Regardless of the prison they want to put you. Well, they'll shut my church down. Well, they'll they'll burn, they'll send the crazies and burn them down. BLM will come and burn burn my church down. Or whatever. What is your price? What is your price? Okay? Now some say, okay, that's John the Baptist and that's and that's that's uh, Jesus. Okay. What the reason I'm saying this is because those are historical figures and names. Oh, uh, 
that are here in your Bible that you can read about. But let's get another confirming voice. His name is by the great Jewish historian Flavius Josephus. Okay, he lived from AD 37 to 100. So he was born and he was right in the midst of this, this contemptuous time between Herod, the, 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 the burning of the temple, um, you know, of Jerusalem being burnt down and the persecuting of Christians and all that. So Josephus was right there and he's an honest historian. Okay, in fact, one historian writes about uh, uh, Josephus and says, because he was so honest in giving the truth, you can rely on what he says. Now listen to what Josephus says. Now the Jews, now some Jews thought that the destruction of heroes, uh, of Nero's, um, uh, Herod's army came from God. Okay, so Herod got destroyed in battle. His army did. And many of the believers thought it came from God and was a very and was very punishment for what he did to John called the Baptist. For Herod himself, okay, for Herod himself, okay, although he, John, was a good man and urged the Jews to exert themselves to virtue, both as a both as to justice and to one another and reverence towards God. And having joined them in washing, okay, even immersion of water, which is the baptisms, it was clear to him um, that one could, not, one could not be used for the forgiveness of sin, but as a sanctification of the body. And only if the soul was ready and, um, and uh, ready and greatly moved by his, I'm sorry, greatly and thoroughly purified by right actions. Okay, again, this is perfect John theology. What? Don't come to me with words. Come to me with attitude change. Show me fruits of behavior change. That's what he told the Pharisees. Right in line. So um, Josephus is right in line. Okay. On the baptism. He was baptizing. And then he says this. And when other... And when others massed around him, for they were greatly moved by his words, Herod, who feared that such a strong influence over the people might carry a revolt, for they seemed ready to anything to do anything at his advice. Herod believed to move quickly and soon, sooner rather than later, it would raise a rebellion and engagement actions that he would lately regret. So now you have a historian looking at the time and he writes this, uh, uh, an account that says, you know what, Herod says, I got to shut this guy down because he's influencing the people. See, this is the responsibility of preaching and being a pastor and leading people, okay, is because now you become an influence of people. Why was John the Baptist shut down? Because he began to preach and he had great influence with the people. Okay? Number, number two, Herod, remember, we read that other scripture that Herod says, Who is this? I thought I beheaded Jesus, uh, John the Baptist. Well, he threatened Jesus. John chap Luke chapter 13, 31, 32, 33. Listen to this. He says this, On that very day, some Pharisees came to him and said, Get out and depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you. <laughs> Duh! <laughs> right? Jesus is going, Really? And he said to them, You go tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and perform curses, um, cures, today and tomorrow, and the third day I will be perfected. Nevertheless, I must journey today and tomorrow and the following day, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. Listen, he says, 
you tell that fox, I'm going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to preach. I'm going to heal the sick. I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to do my thing. Okay. He said, you tell that. What was John, what was Jesus doing? He was confronting. He was confronting the po political move of the Pharisees through Herod. I put John in prison. I'm going to put you in prison. I killed John. I'm going to kill you. What did Jesus say? You tell that fox, I'm going to be here. See, you have to understand the threat of a powerful, persuasive message that shapes a civilization and shapes a nation. That's why they're coming after the Word of God. That's why they're coming after the Bible. That's why they're coming after pulpits. That's why silencing and silencing and censoring is is one of the, the greatest tactics that they have is to is to show your influence. I'm telling you, the conservative voices on YouTube, Facebook, and all the major platforms, right? They are they are suppressed and they are censored. Why? Because of the massive influence. Okay, massive influence. You touch you touch their hot buttons, and guess what happens? They start taking away the people that you influence. All of a sudden, you used to have you know five thousand people viewing your your um, viewing your videos and your and your audios and, and and all the stuff that you put on your platforms. Next thing you know, you start saying you start preaching against sin. You start preaching the kingdom and the different policies of the kingdom of God, and. And what's going on in the world, guess what happens? They will take your voice down because they deem that painful or harmful to the society or to the people. Since when is the Word of God painful to the people? It's healing. Okay? It's deliverance. Okay? It's, it's, an, amazing, it's an amazing contrast that we see going on here where, again, Herod tries to threaten Jesus and Jesus calls him an old fox. Because don't play your games with me. I'm going to be here tomorrow. And I'm going to do my thing tomorrow. And there's nothing you can do about it. Okay? I know when I'm going to die. I know what's coming down the pike. You're not part of the big plan, but pal. You're, you've got nothing on me. This is knowing who you are. Knowing what your purpose is. And Jesus stuck it to him. That's politics. That's politics. When you start looking at the behaviors of um, John MacArthur. That's politics. Because he's executing the judgments of heaven regarding his freedom to worship God. Amen. I hope you're getting this. Listen to what Benjamin Franklin says, and I'll leave you here for the weekend. He says this, He who shall introduce into public affairs the principles of the primitive Christianity will change the face of the world. That's Benjamin Franklin. This is important for you and I to understand the day that we are living in. Don't cower back. Stand strong. Put your shoulders back. Hold your head high. The Word of God supports you. Stand in faith. Stand in the Word of God. Because whether you like it or not, if you live by the faith of the Son of God, who shed His blood for you, and you stand in His Word, and you stand in His principles, you are a political target. Why? Because your behaviors attach you to Christ and not to them. They have nothing on you, nothing in you, and they have nothing for you. But guess what? The reason they're fighting is because they cannot accomplish what they want without you and without me. They need the church's vote. So here they come. Okay? Here they come. So let's get ready for them. Be strong. Be faithful. Hang in there. Don't be silent. And remember, 
Don't let them put you in thought prison. Don't let them put you in language prison. It's speak the truth in love. And it's influence this culture for Jesus Christ. Stand in God's word. God bless you and have a wonderful weekend. And we'll talk to you on Monday. Bye-bye.